teams won two in a row, the team's looking at a schedule that's a lot lighter than what it faced in the first half. And there still seems to be an awful lot of negativity around the team. I'm going to try to do my part to mitigate that by bringing up one really glowing positive. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers versus Ravens at 1.02 p.m. Sunday at Akershire Stadium. Everyone will talk about Kenny Pickett. Everyone will talk about Ty Huntley on the other side, filling in for Lamar Jackson. Everyone will talk about Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And guess what? Neither of those guys is the number one receiver on the home team this week. Nope. Because that happens to be Pat Fryermuth. He's got 50 catches on 76 targets, 597 yards, and just the one touchdown, which is a lot more reflective of the offense as a whole than it is of anything that he's done wrong. This guy has been out bleeping standing, even though change of quarterbacks lobotomized coordinator, never throwing across the middle of the field. The list is really, really long. Oh, I I didn't even mention offensive line struggling, especially early on and having to stay in and help them block. It's a long, long list. And all he's done is get better week after week after week. Here's another list for you. I like this one even better. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Friermuth. That is your pecking order in the National Football League among tight ends as it relates to receiving yards. And one more time, none of those guys, well, maybe Hawkinson since he started out the year with the Lions, but none of those guys had to deal with even a fraction of the adversity that Friermuth's had to. This has become a big-time player. And while I don't know and I can't say that he's going to become a Kelsey or even an Andrews along the way, you'd like to think that an increased frequency of passes from Pickett to Fryermuth will result in even more uh, confidence and trust in each other, in a higher third down conversion rate, in touchdowns, that sort of thing. This is a Big, big factor. This was a big development. It's already been that. That's why I can say it in the past tense. In the 2022 season for the Steelers, they needed not just Najee Harris, who got all the discussion on this front, to blossom in his second year, having been their first rounder last year. They needed Fryermuth to take that same step. He's done that. He's done that. And now it's time for even more. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired of the... Deontay Johnson, George Pickens thing after the whole week. Uh, As I've been saying throughout, I didn't think 
Pickens' reaction coming off the field was any particular big deal. It's stuff that you see around football all the time, including in practices. And you don't really think all that much of it in a game unless the TV cameras get it and, oh, no. And and then the whole conversation disintegrates into receiver diva talk and Antonio Brown and everything else. I'm perfectly fine with the Steelers, if it isn't right away, but putting themselves into a position where they at least present the opportunity to Friermuth to be something like Kelsey or Andrews. We don't know yet that he can't be before we write him off in that regard. So feed him. Do it. Big target, easy to find. He's looking you straight in the eyes from straight away for whatever reason. Pickett's now allowed to throw to that part of the field, and he's also hit Fryermuth downfield, as we saw in that 57-yard beauty that he put forth in Atlanta. Get him involved. Keep him involved. Teams hate defending prolific tight ends. If there's one position above any and all that I had heard from Dick LeBeau, Keith Butler, and now Terrell Austin that they hate defending because of the complications that it presents to your scheme, it's the tight end. It's the pass-catching tight end. You'll think of Rob Gronkowski undoing the Steelers probably before anything else, but again, go the other direction and think of what Heath did to make life hell for other teams' defenses. Think about how deflating it was for those defenses to maybe stop Ben and the company on first and second down and have Ben just say, whatever, I'll just find 83 and we'll move the sticks and we'll try it again. And that's what he'd do and everyone would be, heave. And that that was a big, big, big part of the offense. This guy can be that, too. He can be, in a way, a signature, if not necessarily the signature, to this offense. He's been targeted, for the most part, to date four, five, six times per game. It's been beyond frustrating those times when he's just been forgotten or or worse, ignored in favor of something involving Zach Gentry, who's a really nice blocking tight end and a great dude and everything. So I'm not being a jerk here. It's just, you know, there's one guy who can do one thing and there's another one who can do another. Friermuth maybe can be that guy. Let's find out. We come back. J1Q. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbage kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been designated super lawyers capital s capital l 
for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Timothy, who asks, DK, do you honestly think next season will be any better if major changes are not made on the offensive side of the ball, including coaching? And we don't have a good draft in the offensive line area. Uh, I'm not sure why you phrased the question, do you honestly think, as if these are stances I've taken. I'll presume you're just asking me to be as blunt and candid as possible, which I try to be on every subject, whether it's a positive or a negative one. Never need the qualifier. And so, as if to prove that, here are my blunt assessments of all of this. The Steelers need to take a hard look at the left side of their offensive line. And even if they like some of what they've seen from Dan Moore and or Kevin Dotson, but especially Moore, they still need to prioritize left tackle, possibly even as high as the first round, depending on how that round shakes out. I'm never, ever in favor of forcing the drafting of a specific position. You take whoever's the best there at the position, ideally, where you've got need. I take an equally diligent approach to looking at the rest of the line while also understanding that in particular, your right side is locked up for a significant number of years, and they've been pretty decent, meaning, of course, James Daniels and Chooksakorafor. I like Mason Cole. I really do. I like almost everything I've seen from him. I'm not sure exactly what to do about wide receivers, except for one thing. I'm really, really not interested in taking one super high. I know Jordan Addison's floating around, and Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison played together at Pitt and made magic and everything else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's time to start fortifying the trenches. That means on offense and on defense. And unless something ridiculous happens where a wide receiver is put into a position where you go, wow, we can't believe this guy's available, dot, dot, dot. I'm not going after that. That said, that said, I've kind of given off the vibe here that I'm not really into another year of Deontay Johnson, certainly not for $18 million. I'm not a capologist to sit here and break down what would happen if they tried to get out of that or move him or release him or whatever, but I'm not at all enthused about wasting, and that's what it would be, $18 million in cap space on this player next season. But now, regarding the rest of it, you've got George Pickens. Don't forget that you have Calvin Austin III. This is an explosive talent. It's just a matter of getting him healthy and getting him out there. I have a feeling that a lot of people don't even remember that he exists. This was someone who was going to be a big part of this offense this season. The tight ends I just went over. Najee Harris appears to be coming into his own. You now have a backup running back, a viable one in Jalen Warren. Benny Snell appears to have found a little bit of a stride in addition to continuing to be a special teams ace. And you've got Kenny, who's going to be your quarterback. Who else are we missing? Oh, yeah, that guy. (laughs) 
Listen, I know there's been a lot of dissecting of a lot of comments in the past week that were made by Kenny and others that sound like these glowing endorsements for Matt Canada. Kenny is playing under Matt Canada. Kenny has 0.00000 to gain from saying, you know what, I'm having a real hard time getting along with this guy. I really don't think much of his playmaking. You can throw his comments right out the window, and I say that respectfully. Now, I have heard that the Steelers' decision-makers are very much open to bringing Canada back next season. The more they see of the offense and the more they like, the greater that possibility exists. I'm sorry, I've seen a little bit too much, and I'm not going to be swayed by a couple of performances in the second half of a pretty much lost season against markedly inferior defenses. And I know I could say that across the board for everybody, including Fryermuth, who I was just singing about in the first segment. I'm aware of all of these things in the context in which I say them, but Canada hasn't impressed me from day one. And I can't say that for anyone else who's involved in this offense, including Fryermuth and Najee and Kenny and everyone else. If the football team can get through this season while getting better and not causing all kinds of waves or making it look like they were the ones who overthrew a coordinator and the head coach can swallow some pride and not have to fire somebody in midseason, which is an unsettling thing to do all the time, no matter how deficient that coach might be, then, you know, they'll have made it out. They'll have gotten better and they can let the guy leave on his own terms or something like that. I I just don't, I, I don't see the imagination. I do see and hear and read from people who know and love this game and who've played it and who've instructed it that this guy is grossly underqualified to be an NFL offensive coordinator. If he can change that within the framework of five games... Wow. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll have another one Monday following the game against Baltimore. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.